Welcome to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Lorena Rose. I'm Lisa Abigail. And I'm Aliza Ora. And since this is a mini-sode, instead of our normal routine of discussing an episode of Roswell, we're here to continue our discussion on the 1947 Roswell incident. We're going to wrap up our coverage of the Roswell incident by talking about what's going on today. So in our last mini-sode, we explored the official government response to the Roswell incident. Those were two reports published in 1994 and 1997. But as you can imagine, not everyone bought the authorized story. So, what's going on with the Roswell incident today? Well, this year, 2019, for those of you listening in the future. In the future, in the future. Future, 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 future. Marked the 72nd anniversary of the supposed UFO crash near Roswell. This event is commemorated every year around the time of the crash in early July with the UFO Festival. The festival started in 1996 and has grown into a multi-day extravaganza that attracted more than 15,000 people this year. All humans, as far as we know. I see a field trip in our future. Ooh, yeah. Yes, please. This year's festival was dedicated to Stanton Friedman, the ufologist we mentioned in previous minisodes as the guy who basically made the Roswell incident what it is today, an alien story. Events at the festival include two alien costume contests, one for <gasps> humans and one for pets. Oh. Can we should we all need to bring our pets with us when we take our field trip? My dog would run away from everything and be terrified and would never forgive me, but I think Aww. we should bring your dog. I'll bring yeah, my dog then. Margo can come. <laughs> your dog, Lorena, Margo can come. Yes. My cat is not welcome. He will oh. scratch everybody and get kicked out. Never mind. We'll just all honorarily be Margo's dog moms for <laughs> yes. this contest. I can make uh, my dog Lyra wear a little uh, alien tiara like they wear at the Crashdown Cafe for one Aww. photo before she bucks it off of her head in 2.5 seconds and never speaks to me again. Perfect. Okay, great. Sounds good. Put it on the Instagram. But she'll stay at home. So there was also a 5K, 10K alien chase run slash walk. There was a car show. There was a song contest. Disappointingly, the songs did not have to be about aliens. Hold on. (sighs) Alien chase? Mm -hmm. Are they chasing aliens or are aliens chasing them? I really want to know the answer to that question. So if anyone has the inside scoop, I couldn't find out. Let me know if you were there, if you got chased by or chased an alien. Tell me all about it. I feel like either way, it's bad. (laughs) It's weird. Like, are we demonizing aliens saying they're monsters chasing us? Or are we victimizing them? Or are we chasing after them so we can buy them an alien blast hot fudge sundae at the Crashdown Cafe? Or just yes, trying please. to like give hugs and say, "Be my friend." <laughs> yes, with with consent. Hugs with consent hugs only, with please. Consent. But if you're chasing them and they are running away, <laughs> I would say it's probably safe to assume. Prob- probably no not consent. consensual. <laughs> well, when we attend, we'll be sure to bring these concerns to the event organizers. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> there was also a much less problematic, hopefully, nighttime electric light parade. Ooh, Ooh fun. That sounds cool. And next year, it will feature us in attendance. So yes, it I'm going to commit us now to a live episode from the 2020 Roswell UFO Festival. I think we need to get in touch with the organizers. That sounds awesome. That kind of reminds me, the electric light parade reminds me of um, Rhode Island, uh, Providence, Rhode Island Pride. They're 
parade is a nighttime parade. Ooh, so it's like fun. all like lights oh. and lit up and stuff. It's really awesome. That sounds Very cool. awesome. It's fun. I think that the Brooklyn Pride Parade is also a nighttime one. Oh yeah. Um I didn't go to Brooklyn's Pride. I only went to the big NYC Pride and to Queen's Pride, but I think that I remember seeing the Brooklyn Pride was also at night, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I had a really good time, and I can only imagine that the only thing to make it better would be aliens. Yes. Yeah, uh, New Orleans has Pride in June, and then we have Southern Decadence, which is Labor Day weekend. So as we're recording this, that is coming up, and I feel very confident that I will see some out-of-this-world things at our Pride Parade, because we're all a bunch of weirdos. So while we are in Roswell, we'll be paying a visit to the International UFO Museum and Research Center. This is the basis for the museum Max works at in the show. It was founded in 1991 by Walter Hott, who had been the public information officer at the Roswell Army Airfield in 1947. He's the one who put out the initial press release claiming that a flying saucer had been found. Oops. And it was co-founded by Glenn Dennis, the guy whose story about alien autopsies was pretty thoroughly debunked both by the 1997 Air Force report Roswell Case Closed and by other researchers like Carl Flock, but he remained active in the UFO community. The museum opened in 1992 as a nonprofit dedicated to the Roswell incident and other UFO research, and I am really curious to go there and see if their exhibits look at all like the ones we see in Max's UFO museum, and I am particularly interested to see if they also have an exhibit called Rods. Rods. (laughs) Hopefully. The museum's website provides a list of other UFO attractions in the area, but they mostly seem to be souvenir shops. So we'll probably be able to find plenty of those keychains that Maria's mom makes. Yes. Um, There is also um, a Dunkin' Donuts with a giant alien out front and a McDonald's shaped like a UFO. (gasps) So I know where we're eating our meals when we visit Roswell. And taking lots of pictures. Yes. Yes. There's also a UFO tour offered by a local researcher, which has five stars on TripAdvisor and is rated number one of one tour in Roswell. Yes. (laughs) He's got the market cornered. So you know it's the best. Oh, yeah. So is there any new information about Roswell? Well, in a 2015 interview with GQ, then-President Barack Obama was asked if he ever looks at, quote, all the secret stuff. And he responded, I'm quoting him here, I gotta tell you, it's a little disappointing. People always ask me about Roswell and the aliens and UFOs, and it turns out the stuff going on that's top secret isn't nearly as exciting as you'd expect. In this day and age, it's not as top secret as you'd think. I feel like that's just what he has to say to, like, get the attention off of it. This is possible. I also just want to take a moment to reminisce about when Barack Obama was president. Oh, good times. <sighs> the good old days. I know. But what was top secret, or at least not publicly known at the time Obama gave that interview, was that the United States government had a program looking into UFOs. It was called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or AATIP. I'm going to call it AATIP. <laughs> AATIP. That was active from 2007 to 2012. It was started at the behest of then-Senator Harry Reid of Nevada to study unexplained aerial phenomena, which seems to be the new, somewhat less stigmatized phrase to describe our old friends, 
the UFOs. An AA tip was housed under the Defense Intelligence Agency, which is part of the U.S. Department of Defense. The program was revealed to the public in a December 2017 New York Times article, which stated that the program's budget had been $22 million over its five years of existence. Ooh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh-huh. There was some controversy surrounding this as a good deal of that money went to a company owned by a friend of Harry Reid, who has said that he is absolutely convinced that the Earth has been visited by aliens. The friend, not Harry Reid. His company was engaged to provide aerospace research, and the program also looked at reports of encounters between military aircraft and unknown objects. A few of these have been made public, so I will link to them in the show notes on our website. They are pretty interesting. I don't know if I see what the pilots say they were seeing, but that's why we'll put them up and you can judge for yourself. I can't wait to look at them. Mm -hmm. I know, me neither. Also, if anybody looks in our show notes and does see what Lisa isn't seeing or what we're not seeing, please let us know. Yes. And please read our show notes because I have discovered that I really love doing them. And so I put a lot of information up there. So if you ever feel like, Ah, I wish I could listen to more of Lisa talking. You can do it with your eyeballs on our website. Just click on show notes. I always want to hear more of Lisa talking with my eyeballs. So I'm very excited for the show notes. Lisa is full of excellent information and Mm -hmm. a much faster reader than I am. So Lisa can compile many informations faster than I can. (laughs) Well, so really the internet is full of lots of information and I have read many awful, awful, boring, stupid things in addition to all the great things. And so I am just going to act as everyone's buddy who goes through and says, no, 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 don't read that. Read this. Yeah, that's very, very useful and helpful, and we appreciate you so much for it. Aww. Okay, there was also a 2018 Freedom of Information Act request that disclosed a memo sent to the late Senator John McCain, whose staff had apparently made some inquiries about the Defense Intelligence Agency's, or DIA's, involvement with AATIP. The memo stated that the purpose of AATIP was to investigate foreign advanced aerospace weapon threats from the present out to the next 40 years. The memo was accompanied by a list of 38 reports associated with DIA's involvement in the program, and it stated that the reports themselves were available to congressional staffers. Now, most of these I haven't been able to find publicly available, so if you know where they are, let me know. They have some very interesting titles. I will read you a selection of them now, and if you have any idea what the heck they're talking about, give us a shout. Some of these titles included Advanced Nuclear Propulsion for Manned Deep Space Missions, Invisibility Cloaking. I assume that one was co-authored with Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah, I know what that one's about. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. Elisa's got the science on lockdown. I mean, don't we all know what that one's about? I mean, don't they use, like, cuttlefish and things that can, like, mask themselves in nature and try and duplicate that technology to make real invisibility cloaking? Actually, yeah. I mean, I did I did uh, read something or hear something many years ago about that they had discovered the, the technology for invisibility cloaks. Um, I mean, because the way that seeing things works is... It's about light refraction, right? Right. Light bouncing off of things and going back into your eye. And so basically figuring out how to create a textile, basically, that that reflects light around it um, mm. so that it basically makes it so that the the light goes around it 
to the thing behind it and then bounces off of that and back to your eye so that really what you what you're seeing is what's behind it so when can Mm -hmm. i buy one i am not sure how accessible they are to the public yet but we can look into it listeners if you have any information (laughs) please email us at roswellhotsauce at gmail.com listeners if you are steve jobs give me one give it to me now i know you have it stop hiding it from me other reports include traversable wormholes, stargates, and negative energy. That sounds fancy. Right? I have neg- What is negative energy? Who knows? Science knows. Anti-gravity for aerospace applications. Warp drive, dark energy, and the manipulation of extra dimensions. Ooh. I want to go hmm. to an extra bonus dimension. Yeah, me too. Right. That's what the show Fringe is all about. And... Ooh. I thought that was J.J. Abrams' best show that I watched because it actually made sense. There's huh. another show I've That's never kinda. seen. Just I add it to either. my list. Are there a lot of one. lens flares? Because I can't watch J.J. Abrams' stuff because it's 100% lens flares. Oh, yes. It makes oh, yeah. me want to poke That's up all. my eyeballs. Oh, yes. No, yeah. Fringe is that through Great. and through. Don't watch so it then. So I'll let you describe it to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, other reports, state of the art and evolution of high energy laser weapons. Ooh. Sound safe. Detection and high-resolution tracking of vehicles at hypersonic velocities. Mm -hmm. And my personal favorite, technological approaches to controlling external devices in the absence of limb-oriented interfaces. And I don't know if I'm interpreting this correctly or not, but the way that I choose to read it is how to control things with your mind. In the absence of limb or... Okay, can you read that whole thing again? (laughs) Technological (laughs) approaches to controlling external devices in the absence of limb-operated interfaces. Okay, that kind of stuff exists all the time. It's called assistive technology. Eye gaze. You're ruining my fun. It's about mind control. Okay, sure. I took a class on assistive technology and we got to use some pretty cool technology where it uses uh, eye gaze to control devices and it's pretty awesome for people with limited mobility but yeah completely alien stuff Mm -hmm. yeah so i'm realizing now that this is like the computer that steve gleason uses and he's a i don't know if he's like big on the national scale but he's a local guy to new orleans he's a football player and i should look this up but he is quadriplegic, and so he has one of those computers that you control with your eyes. Mm-hmm. So I'm realizing that that's what they're talking about. But yeah, Elisa had a great time thinking that this was about just pretend that you are some sort of advanced creature that doesn't even need limbs, and you can just do everything with your brain. Okay. Yeah. That. Sorry could, for making things both. boring. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> AA tip was discontinued in 2012, but the interest around unidentified aerial phenomena continues. In fact, in April of this year, the U.S. Navy disclosed that they were drafting new guidelines for pilots and other personnel to report sightings of unidentified aircraft. These guidelines are meant to encourage reporting so the Navy can investigate the sightings rather than having folks ignore or downplay anomalous data. Apparently in the past, Mm. people were afraid to report these things because they didn't want anyone to say, ooh, there's that UFO nut. And they also, if they had data that they couldn't explain, they would just disregard it. And so now they're saying, hey, maybe that could tell us something interesting. Let's take a look at it. Yeah, let's not disregard it, but like actually compile it and try and make some sense of it, even if it doesn't make sense 
right off the bat. Right. Because, like, there's got to be a reason for whatever people are seeing, whether it is extraterrestrial or not. Yeah. I think we should do a future mini-sode where we talk about what we think these phenomena are. That would be fun. Drones. I'm down. There are a lot of great options They're all drones. They're all drones. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I mean, in 2019, they're all drones, right? Weather balloons. (laughs) Yeah. So after a TIP was disbanded, Harry Reid said about it, I'm not embarrassed or ashamed or sorry I got this thing going. I think it's one of the good things I did in my congressional service. I've done something that no one has done before. Of course, if you have listened to our minisodes, you know that's not quite true. There was a multi-decade official government inquiry into UFOs, and we will cover those government programs in future minisodes. So stay tuned for more information. Thanks for joining us for the conclusion of our discussion about the 1947 Roswell incident. Join us in two weeks for our next mini-sode, where we will be celebrating the 20th anniversary of the pilot of the show airing. And next Tuesday, we will be discussing Roswell Season 1, Episode 5, Missing. And remember, you can subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts if you're enjoying the show to help us spread the word. You can visit our website at roswellhotsauce.com to check out show notes from this episode and all others. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at roswellhotsauce. You can also email us with any questions or feedback at roswellhotsauce at gmail.com. So until next time, you can catch us at the UFO Festival.